For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you only have I sinned, and have done evil in your sight. Indeed, I have been wicked from my birth, a sinner from my mother's womb. It is really difficult to hear the brokenness and the agony of the psalmist today. Such sin sickness is difficult, especially when last week we heard Reverend Sarah tell us that we were in deep Lent. Well, if we were in deep Lent last week, this week we are in the abyss. When are we going to get joyful again? Our gospel reading today opens with John telling us that some people were going up to the annual Passover and they approached Philip and Andrew and said, we want to see Jesus. So Andrew went to Jesus and he said, hey, there's some folks that want to see you. Now we kind of have to pause a bit and go back to chapter 11, the chapter before our gospel reading. Because Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And by this time, he had performed so many miracles, and now he had raised Lazarus from the dead that he had become a celebrity. Throngs of people followed him wherever he went. They wanted to see him, hear him, touch him, be healed by him. It's all good, right? It's all joyful. So the people who were coming to the Passover wanted to speak with Jesus because he was famous. Just imagine what they would have said to him. Jesus, we hear you're performing miracles. Jesus, we heard you can raise people from the dead. Jesus, are you the Messiah? When are you going to oust the Roman government? When are the Jewish people's land going to be reclaimed? When are their treasures going to be restored? When are you going to take your seat on the throne? When will we get joyful again? Well, you know what? They didn't get to have that conversation with Jesus. Instead, Jesus took that opportunity to reveal his mission. And the first thing that he said was the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Think back of chapter 2 of the Gospel of John, the wedding feast of Cana, where Jesus' mom comes up to him and says, Hey, Jesus, the host has run out of wine. And Jesus says, Woman, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So here we are, ten chapters later, and Jesus says his hour has come. So it's like two bookends, because from here on out, Jesus is on the way to the cross. In fact, he's just days away from being shamefully mocked, brutally beaten, abandoned by his friends, and mortally crucified. So in our reading, after Jesus says his hour has come, 
He goes on to say, Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls onto the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Well, we now know that Jesus meant that he had to endure death in order for us to have eternal life. But here's the rub. Since we are Jesus followers, we also must die to ourselves in order to receive abundant life and to be channels of life for others. Jesus told his disciples that if anyone comes after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross. That does not sound joyful. That sounds somber. And that is the season we are in, the somber season of Lent, the season of self-examination, confession, and prayer. Someone might say, well, you know, I have declared with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I have been saved by God's grace, his lavish, undeserved love. Why do I have to go through this Lent? You know, part of that is true. We have been saved by God's grace, but his lavish love tenderizes our hearts and leads us to want to do the hard work of confession and introspection. We want to seek forgiveness, don't we? We want to receive his mercy. I can remember as a child, when I was disobedient, a time or two, (laughs) I knew I had done wrong. But because of my disobedience, I felt separated from my parents. I didn't feel close to them. I felt awkward around them. I couldn't look them straight in the eye. And it was only when I fessed up and said I was sorry that I got close to them again, where I could crawl up into one of their laps and say and get a hug. And then I felt joy again. The same is true of our Heavenly Father, isn't it? He loves us. He's forgiven us already. But we need to get ourselves into his loving arms again through confession and repentance to get our joy back. The last verse of our psalm, as somber as it started out, expresses it so well. Give me the joy of your saving help again and sustain me with your bountiful spirit. So we need Lent. We need this time of introspection. This time when the Holy Spirit helps us to uncover the dark recesses of our hearts where sin and sinful habits and willfulness lurk. So how does the Holy Spirit help us? I suggest that there are several ways where the Holy Spirit provides us pathways to confession, to restore our relationship with him and with our fellow human beings. I would call these the lifelines of confession. Lifeline number one, when you come to Eucharistic celebration, you we, we will say, we've already said it, I believe, 
Have we? Okay. <laughs> the, we have confessed our sins. We have received general absolution uh, from, from Reverend Sarah. Lifeline number two. When we come to communion, we are about as close to Jesus as we possibly can be while we're still on earth. So as you approach the communion rail, the throne of grace and mercy, you can confess your sins quietly and receive forgiveness right then and there. Lifeline number three. At any time, we can go straight to the throne of grace through prayer, directly to God through prayer and receive forgiveness. Reverend Sarah read today from uh, chapter 4 of Hebrews. Listen to that again. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Lifeline number four, if we have hurt another person, we can go to them and ask for forgiveness. And that is a whole other sermon on its own, or maybe even a series of sermons. Fifth lifeline, James chapter 5, verse 16 says that we can confess our sins to one another and pray for one another and receive healing. In our small groups here at church, members who are committed to loving one another and being accountable to one another, those are safe places to be vulnerable about our weaknesses and our sins. Sixth lifeline, and I have saved the best for last. Jesus gave his apostles specific authority to forgive sins. Through the laying on of hands at ordination of a priest, going back through apostolic succession to the time when Jesus gave his apostles that specific authority, our priests have inherited that authority to forgive our sins and to give us absolution. You can go directly before a priest and confess your sins and receive absolution. It is called the rite of reconciliation of a penitent, and it is in our prayer book. This is a personal, intimate, and strictly private encounter with God, with a priest by your side as a fellow sinner before Jesus' throne of mercy. In my experience, this is the most cleansing form of confession, yet it is so underutilized. What I'm telling you is that the Lord has given us our priest to give us a most precious lifeline back to him. Friends, unconfessed sin are very heavy burdens. They make us emotionally sick, soulfully sick, and even physically sick. Unconfessed sin is a heavy burden, sort of like carrying around heavy bricks. Jesus wants to take that burden away from us. He died on the cross so that we could take our sins to the cross. He loved us that much. Our Heavenly Father, our Abba, delights in forgiving us. 
Now, Satan will tell you otherwise. Do not listen to Satan. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give you abundant life. The beauty of the time, the somber season of Lent, this time of serious introspection, is that we get to unburden ourselves of our sins so that we can joyfully celebrate Easter Day when it comes. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, shine a light on the dark recesses and crevices of my heart where sin lurks. My faults, bad attitudes, prejudices toward my fellow human beings, my sinful habits, my guilt, my shame, and any pride or willfulness which distort my relationship with you and my fellow human beings. Heal me, Lord Jesus. Remove the shackles of sin which keep me from growing closer to you and giving life abundantly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.